Hello, you guys, and welcome back to We're Potting This Together. You and me gonna watch every Disney Channel original movie. Okay, I'm still working on that one. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the podcast where we guide you through all of those splashingly magical Disney Channel <laughs> original movies that you love or love to hate. I'm Josh, and I'm here with... I'm Lori. I'm Sammy. And today, you should grab your flippers and head down to the coast, because we're watching the seventh Disney Channel original movie, the 13th year from 1999. You know that movie about a boy that turns into a merman? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yet again, going with the theme, I had not seen this before, and the title was kind of misleading, I believe. I loved this movie as a kid. It was so cool, and I wanted to be a merman and, like, swim in the water and, like, have sparkly rainbow arms of of scales and, like, yeah, it so was So he cool. got the scales. Like, fish don't smell great. Do we think that he got, like, a fishy smell, or do you think... I mean, he was a teenage boy, so... There was that scene where, like the nerdy kid pulls off a scale and it's like all slimy and goopy mm -hmm. that had to, to smell. It probably just smelled like teenage boy. Really? Ew. Um, I forgot what we were talking about already. Uh, this movie entitled the 13th year. Oh yeah. Do we know anything about it? I was kind of looking up the director and he's done quite a lot. He was the Halloween town director. He was the Halloween town director and he's done a ton of other Disney Channel movies coming in the future. He also worked a little bit on Twin Peaks, the original I and the one that. that's coming out soon. Tonight. It came out or, today as we're airing. Oh, we're recording. Oh, 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 oh. Wait, what's the theme song? <laughs> I, was I, go, I thought oh. I assumed you were doing a log woman impression, so. <laughs> I could be, yes. Have you seen uh, Twin Peaks, Sammy? Um, I saw a few episodes, but I never finished it. So this came out in 1999, and I guess mermaids were a big deal? I think mermaids need to make a comeback. They have, like, kind of lately, the little crochet mermaid blankets, and I've seen swim lessons specifically teaching you how to swim with a mermaid tail. And there's, like, all the colorful hair, like, mermaid colors and stuff. Well, Disney's... I can honestly... Oh, I was just going to say, Disney's doing all of those live-action remakes of their movies. Are they going to do a Little Mermaid one? I, I think that was on the list. I think they're redoing all of them, basically. I'm not totally on board with their project, but I'm interested in a Little Mermaid remake. That'd be interesting to see how they do that. Now, the question is, do you think Chet Starbuck is up to playing Ariel? I would mm. die. <gasps> <laughs> that would be a great remake. Chess Starbuck, of course, plays Cody, the mermaid in question in the 13th year. Merman. Merman, pardon. This movie starts out, you kind of see this merwoman swimming away in the bays of California. And I guess she's kind of like being chased by this boat fisherman guy. Half boat, half fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this movie is about. Not everything is half. about a half boat half fisherman <laughs> i'm imagining like thomas the tank engine like his face on a boat yes 
Oh, God. It's just like... I'm gonna get you, mermaids. It's like a ghost ship, but, like, just a fisherman in his boat. And I guess he died in a storm, but a spirit took over the boat. And so he's, like, it's got, like, his oh, face... God bursting out of it and he like he comes after people like i don't know this sounds terrifying can we go like nearly headless ghost boat ship also just just that in another it. layer it's yes. just like flopping around in the front yes <laughs> yeah the movie starts with the fit the fisherman uh he gets so excited to see this mermaid it he ends up getting so distracted he crashes his boat into the lighthouse and dies. No, he, he does not die. <laughs> this is a happy movie. This is Instead, how he becomes the entire the town boat. just think, no, there's no ghost <laughs> boat man, fisher man. Half lighthouse, this half This is just man. how the... Oh, no. Why are you desecrating this beautiful movie about a merman? I just want to be a merman, too. So what happens in this movie? How he crashes... <laughs> so he crashes into the lighthouse, does he, Josh? Okay, well, the lady had, the mermaid had a baby with her that I guess she put on another boat to keep him safe while she was kind of running away from this fisherman. But people are on that boat that she put the baby on and they find this baby and they kind of decide to raise it as their own. This mysterious sea baby. I like how the mom was like, that's definitely a baby. Like there was any question when... It was clearly a baby. <laughs> I was wondering if it had, like, a, f a tail or a fin or any sign that was, like, came from a mer family. It's kind of interesting that it was directed by the same dude who did Halloween Town, because one of our main problems with that movie was that we never found out what the mom and Calcibar had going on. And in this one, we didn't really know why the mermaid was giving up her baby. There was no indication. It's kind of a similar problem. Yeah, in this one, I didn't mind it as much because mermaids are so, like, fantastical and, like, anything could have made sense. To me, she was a single mermother just trying to raise her child. She was outcast from Atlantis where all of the mer people live and they didn't accept her and she just tried to make her life on land and it didn't work out and all she has is Chaz, Starbuck, um... And the half man, I mean, half Cody. boat ghost. There's no half man, hope, half <laughs> goat, boast. <laughs> half goat? Okay, this is taking a turn. Okay, I got that wrong. <laughs> we get a flash to Cody or Chez, whichever you prefer, and he's just staring longingly at the water. And I noticed that that happens quite a bit. But it's also pretty cool because his parents own a boat tourism company of some sort which they started to escape the bourgeois society of capitalism or whatever the mother said at the beginning yeah i was filling the mom she was cool i mean kind of like they pushed her character a little too far but for the most part she was cool cody is running late to a swim meet and this shows us that he's shockingly into swimming which nobody could have guessed after staring into all that water he, like, makes this mad dash where he misses the ferry, so he has to swim through, like, what kind of looked like nasty water to get to, get to his school. And he got there just in the brink of time. He's like, stop! No! Wait! I don't think they'd stop for you, honestly. They probably wouldn't. Did you guys do swimming or anything like that? I still barely know how to swim, so... No, I... To me, that was a whole other world in itself. Like, they might as well have been mer people, because, like, I didn't understand that. I only dog paddle. Fitting. 
I am half dog, half human. That is fact. Cody gets there, and he, I think he gets second place in this deal. Yeah. The guy. Which isn't bad. No, not at all. And it's end up, Sean is the character who we briefly see throughout the movie as the one who got first place. Only barely, though. Yeah, the kind of, like, best friend yet rival character. But while they're in there after the swim meet, which they qualified for, like, state finals or however that works, there's the nerdy kid with his, is that called a trombone? I don't remember the instrument that he was playing, so. A tuba. No, it's a tuba. It's a marching tuba. He falls into the swimming pool and everyone laughs at him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid is being weighed down in a swimming pool (laughs) with a tuba. Like, he he would actually... Yeah, he could probably actually drown. So Cody's like, I guess I'll be the one to save him. Yeah, I have some qualms with this nerdy character. I'll get into them later. He's a little unfortunate. Yes. We should have, like, an abbreviation for unfortunate. Unfortunate. So (laughs) unfortunate. It works. We get back to school and... There's a banner being put up. I don't think we ever, I think maybe it's like celebratory for the swim team or something, or maybe there's a dance happening. I don't think that's ever actually explained. We find out in this scene that Cody is a superstar and everybody loves him and he's perfect. Oh, he is the big shot. Yeah. Holla. And this is Crush because he goes to science class and is partnered with the nerdy kid. And he even he, like, he seems like a generally nice guy, but he seems kind of bummed out by this. Yeah. I mean... I remember being in those classes and, like, getting stuck with that kid you didn't want to get stuck with. Group projects in general, just no. At the same time, like, think of how Jesse would feel, the nerdy kid. Like, he's getting paired with, like, the jock, and all the jock's friends are making fun of him for being paired with him. Jesse seems pretty put together. Like, he seems... To be self-aware enough to know that he doesn't fit in with them, but it doesn't seem like he lingers on it. Like, at one point when he's showing Cody how much he likes marine biology, which was very convenient, um, he's saying that, like, hey, you guys have your sports and you have this and that. Like, us nerds, we have marine biology or that sort of He He knew what it was and he was fine with who he yeah. was. You know, I thought it was really interesting that Disney chose to make a main character the popular kid, the most popular kid in school. Like, normally you get underdog characters because uh, especially Disney Channel tries to relate to its audience and its audience are insecure children and preteens and I just thought it was really interesting to make a popular kid the main character. I noticed that too. I guess what they were trying to do is like set up how his life was was perfect or something so that it could come crashing down by him being a murder man. Yeah. But yeah, it was... It was odd seeing, like, the perfect all-around American. <sighs> yeah, so Cody's this big, hot, shot dude. And his birthday's coming up, you know, totally cool, no big deal. You can come over if you want. My birthday, whatever. So I got some birthday invites like that, more so in high school than middle school. They were like, yeah, I guess you can come over. And I ended up going, and it would be after I, like, briefly kind of, like, this met them. And it was funny because looking back, I clearly wasn't actually invited, but I went anyway, and I actually ended up being friends with the people. So it worked out, but it was just kind of funny watching this where I'm like, clearly you're not invited, little nerd boy. And then I was like, well, that was me when I was like 17, so. Life hack. If you want to be someone's friend, go to their birthday party. 
I mean, it could have it could have gone far worse. Maybe I definitely, I definitely went to a few birthdays at Skate Zone to go skating, and I, I wasn't actually invited, but <laughs> I went anyway. Um, at his birthday party, the the babe, yeah, Sam. She has a little gift. Sam's are total babes. I would just like to say, for the record, not that there's a bias or anything. No, no bias. What is her gift to him, Josh? Oh, it is a lovely photo of herself in a nice frame. It, but the the next gift, you can't wrap it. It was a nice little kiss, which was cute, and it was it it, it gave them sparks, quite literally. Um, Jess comes to the party that he was definitely most totally meant to go to, and everybody's kind of a jerk to him again, for whatever mm. reason. And so he passes off the gift for Cody to his mom. And this part was weird because his mom seemed very, like, crunchy, granola, hippie mom. And there's this little boy who's clearly upset and clearly feels left out and sad, and she doesn't pick it up on it. And she doesn't ask Cody about it later and say, like, hey, maybe you should be nicer to him, which I felt like they kind of built her character into the type of person who would definitely do that. Yeah, the way they showed that scene, I definitely got the feeling that she saw what was going on and was going to say, like, oh, my son is the bully or something. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't cover it, but that's okay. But at the same time, the mom was, like, doing customer service down at the at their boating tourism job. And she was, like, they live in a nicer house. And they were, I don't know, the party looked legit. So maybe she's, like, the type of mom who's into being hippy dippy but actually is like consumerist and there's another part here too where this is cody's 13th birthday as indicated by the title and his dad at one point looks at him and says you all that's it you're all grown up you're 13 which sammy pointed out i think in halloween town that there's like in all of these movies it's like oh you're 13 you're a grown up now you're an adult and so here we have it again i wonder who's disney's i <laughs> I wonder who's, who's, you choose? who's Disney's target demographic was. Probably 13-year-olds, maybe. He turns 13, and things start changing. So this is the part where this movie becomes almost a complete... Like, it's basically a movie about puberty. Which is funny, Pretty because much. I had this thought, and then he ends up going to the doctor, and the doctor literally tells him, hey, you have gills on your hand because you're going through yeah. puberty. He goes through changes in his body. And that can only be interpreted one way, realistically. Yeah, at one point he's in the bathroom and his mom knocks on the door and she's like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, I'm busy, I'm fine, everything's okay. It's just like, come on. This is like, you oh cannot get any more masturbation joke than and that And he walks scene. out with his hands in his shorts. Like, <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of him hiding his hands that made me super concerned. Uh, also, I think around this time, there was just that scene where he's sitting in the kitchen staring at his hands, and then his mom starts staring at her hands, and then Uncle Joey walks in, starts staring at his hands, and I was just like... That was the best scene of this movie, like, I definitely think. definitely went to acid trip territory there for a second. <laughs> so after his 13th birthday, the next morning, he goes to drink some juice, and the bottle sticks to his hand. And so then, every time his hand would get stuck to something, he'd use his other hand to try to pry it off. I was just like, just use your legs or use anything else. Like, he just kept grabbing it over and over again, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. I don't understand exactly why things stuck to his hand. Like, fish aren't 
necessarily sticky. <laughs> you just like pick up a salmon and like put it to the wall and <laughs> just stay. It's easy storage. That's why people like it so much. It's easy storage. He meets up with Jesse again, and this is kind of the only person he reveals he's having these weird things going on. The changes. The changes. At one point during this interaction, Jesse says that they should go have s'mores. And it's really funny because he's like, oh, no, wait, we won't eat s'mores. S'mores are for kids. And I don't remember at any point in my life did I ever say, oh, no, thanks. No ice cream and s'mores, please. Those are childhood things. And I am a grown person. Like, even as an adult. Everyone loves s'mores. Are you kidding? Um, I don't care for s'mores. Just throwing (laughs) that out there. So this has been this episode of Potting This Together. Um. While Jess and Cody are hanging out, they end up going back. They need to do their project at Jesse's house for whatever made-up reason. I think they said, like, mom and dad took the boat out or something. I don't quite remember. But Hmm. Cody walks up, and there's this shed here that clearly does not belong to him. And he just walks inside of it and just is like, hey, please don't go in there. That's my dad's. We're not supposed to go in there. And Cody being like, I think this is the moment where he was the most jockish, like, stereotype popular kid. He's like, no, it's fine. I'll go in here whatever starts like poking around to be fair the door is like wide open and it looked pretty cool there was like hanging ball things and there's like mermaid things and yeah he was drawn to it his mermaid essence was drawn to it we find out that jess's dad is in fact the man from the beginning who's just the mermaid man who loves he his life goal is to find a mermaid Mm mm-hmm Nothing yeah. really comes of that, though, so they just continue on with their project. And then they go back to school where Cody is thirsty, which, again, he's very thirsty, meaning it's very big parallel to puberty again. I was about to say, do you mean thirsty? Thirsty? I do. Thirst? He held up a line at the drinking fountain for so long. But while we're talking about the water fountain and the long line, can we discuss who is standing in that line? But one young Kristen Stewart. What? Hold on. I did not catch this. Did she have any speaking? I don't think she had a speaking line, but she's standing in the line. He goes to the fair with his girlfriend, Sam, of the great name. And he holds her hand and her hair gets all static electricity. And then he just laughs at her. It was unfortunate. It was unforge. (laughs) Good word. Good word. Why did holding her hand make the static electricity happen? Um, they explained it later as he emitted the same shockwave as an eel. Okay, why? That was it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be some mermaid power. So is he not half man, half fish, but half man, half eel? I, I don't. The shocking stuff is just so confusing. <laughs> We're making too much of of it. I don't know if they, it means they made anything. too much of it. They really like really put focus on his shockingness. Well, yeah, but like when you're a kid, that's just a cool power. Don't you want to have shocking power? Well, maybe, but like that doesn't necessarily. Mean, I just it was weird in a mermaid movie. He gets home that night and he starts reading, and. One thing leads to another, and he's climbing on the ceiling because his hands are so sticky. And that's when his parents finally believe him, when he's hanging from the ceiling. I thought it was really refreshing that he even told his parents in the first, like, when he was going through his changes, and he, like, goes to his parents, like, 
stuff is happening and then like he starts climbing walls and he's like mom like most of like superhero movies and anything that involves some kid going through weird changes it's always them trying to keep it from the parents and this one he just goes immediately to his parents and it's yeah it's nice it's a nice change of pace but his parents seeing this scene decided it was probably time to call in a doctor and the doctor diagnosed him as pubescent which was a really i felt like it kind of reinforced the mom being anti-doctor since he diagnosed kind of blindly the wrong thing yeah decided i love that part though when the doctor's like "Mm," and the mom's like if he does "Mm," one more time "Mm." (laughs) but this is when cody decides that he needs to take up an investigation of his own and jesse helps him they're gonna run all these tests and do all these experiments to try to figure out what's going on what could it be? I like how often in this, Jesse kept saying, like, oh, if you want to seek a second opinion, I definitely understand, as if, like, he were an actual doctor and he was clearly trying to be like, yo, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> uh, the longer that Jesse's working with Cody, the more he realizes, um, he's he, he might be a, a merman. This is when he goes and looks through all of his dad's stuff and sees it with a different light. And one of the cute parts of this is that um, Cody started giving him swimming lessons, which I thought was great. Where it's kind of like, I'll oh, help yeah. You, you help me. But there was one part where he came up out of the pool and he was wearing his glasses and he used his fingers to wipe his glasses, which is, there's no world in which that works ever. So, yeah. That unrealistic expectations, Disney. Uh, after the whole bonding weirdness with his dad, they um, just tells Cody that he's most probably a merman. But basically, he wants to see his birth parents. He wants to know if, like, this is some disease or something that he that was passed down onto him. And so this is when he asks his parents, you know, like, can I find my birth parents? Where did I come from? And surprisingly, this is the first time that they've told him the story. This is the story of how they found a baby in the back of their freaking boat and they just decided to raise it either. Dad, if you're not a mermaid, and if Mom's not a mermaid, how am I a mermaid? What? Basically, he notices that being in water and drinking water uh, make him experience all these changes. So, like, scales on his arms, and I don't think his feet really change at this point. Just scales. Cody ends up going to the meat and, like doesn't let his parents know that he's there, completely destroys everybody. He's super good. And so Sean, the other swimmer guy, accuses him of using drugs. And Cody's just, a, like, just a super upset about this accusation. But, like, it's a pretty realistic thing to assume because this is the kid who got second place to him in the previous one, and now he's suddenly, like, just crazy ridiculous fast. Um, it's kind of funny how no one really questioned the giant scoreboard setting on fire or... The giant wave of electricity. And the timing of his parents as he's, like, running out in his Speedo. They just pull up at the exact right moment and he just hops right in. Yeah. It was a little... He just kind of came in, swam, and left. But also, he wins the race and Jesse's dad is there watching. Which was so creepy. He's, like, there randomly with his binoculars, like... But he's putting things together, right? It's been 13 years since he saw the mer lady. 
and he's turning 13 and when i see yeah. somebody and then i see another person 13 years later i always assume that person is the child of the person i saw before cody gets some arm flippers going on and he's at home and jess is there and sam comes in and sees it and she faints and then runs out yeah she totally turns her back on him when he he's like i need you right now and she just leaves she's like dude i'm 13 this is way deeper than i thought this would be <laughs> You, <laughs> I did not sign up for this. After Sam faints and runs out, the next thing we see, they're at school, and it's been several days, and Cody is pretty upset because Sam has not been there for him. Like Sammy's tending up. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty low blow. Um, am I? I'm here right now. Am I not? Okay, so him and this Sean character, they kind of get into a legit fight. The kind where the, like the principal dude is like. Whoa, Yo, whoa. hey! Whoa! And the kids are all like, fight, 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 fight. Cody and Jess have kind of a talk about how alone he feels, and Jess is kind of just like, oh, really? I don't know what that's like. And then Jess leaves at some point after they wrestle awkwardly on the beach. And then Cody, it's dark out. I don't know why his parents aren't looking for him. He just walks into the ocean and finds his mother. And I thought it was a dream sequence, but it wasn't. Well, yeah, he's been having these dreams this whole time, like where he sees he's underwater and he kind of sees someone coming towards him. And I think she was kind of like brain magic, telepathy, telling him like, come to the water. I will solve your problems. Cody calls Sam because he wants to show her his mother and they go to the ocean and. This is when. So, no, they see her. She kind of pops her head up and she's like waving like, yo, I'm here. Like, come on in the water. We need to go before someone catches me and discovers us. Our entire race of mer people. Um, but by this point, Jess's dad has already figured out. He put two and two together. This Cody kid and the merman, the mer lady, mermaid that he saw 13 years ago. They are somehow related or connected. And he comes around with his giant freaking net. To catch her. And Cody at this point is just full-blown becoming a merman all the way. And he needs to be put in the water. But he ends up on Jess's dad's boat somehow. And it seems like Jess's dad is using this small child as bait to catch the mermaid. Which is just very sad. Like, hey, mother, here's your child. And I'm going to capture you. It's very, very evil. Yeah, it was, wasn't really clear what his intentions were. And it, like... It wasn't clear if he was the actual bad guy or if he's helping him out or 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 what was really going on. Yeah. I guess his infatuation with mermaids like brought him to really want to capture one at no cost or at any cost. I don't think he had any actual like evil intentions to like kill them or anything, but he just really wanted to show like even if it meant they died, the government would steal the mermaid or something. He just wanted to show everybody who was mocking yeah. him earlier. Um, but Jesse is kind of on Cody's side, so Jesse jumps in the water and cuts open the net that the mermaid was caught in and lets the mermaid out. But he kind of gets stuck and caught on the net and gets dragged down to the bottom of the ocean. That's when Cody saves him and he brings him up. And at, by this point, his parents are there, Sam's there, Jesse's there, everyone's there. Jesse has to be brought back to life. Pretty much. 
I, I think they say there's no heartbeat or something. He or he drowned. I don't know. Anyway, Cody saves him with his magic electrical hands. Walking to defibrillator. It's a really hard word. Defibrillator. Sammy, your turn. Defibrillator. Damn you! Yay! Defibrillator. Just use her audio there. Defibrillator. Okay, but this is basically when everyone sees the mermaid for the first time. <laughs> It'd be really funny if all this build up and then it's like the mer people from Harry Potter where there's like Rah! like really gross oh, gosh. lizard mermaid things. Okay, son, you have to go off with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. No, she was cute and she was pretty and she had shells in her hair and Yay. She was a nice mermaid mom. And she basically sent a a mind message to Cody's adopted mom that like, yeah. yo, he's going to come with me, but don't worry. He'll come back before school's over. And the mom's like, okay, this seems legit. Have fun, son. I got you now. Think of how cool he'd be when he comes back. He's going to be like this merman person with like all these mind powers and stuff. Did he learn how to like control it? That just seems odd that he's like, okay, I'll be back. And it's like, how do you know if you even can come back? Like, this might be you forever. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a really what strange, is... loose ending. Yes. Maybe he won't even want to come back. Like, what if he becomes the king of the Mer people? It's the origin story of King Triton. <gasps> Aww. So that was thirteen, the 13th year. This sure felt like a 13-year-long movie, am I right, guys? Ooh. Good one, Lori. Thanks. How does it hold up? What would you rate this as a decom after having watched it now? It wasn't horrible. It was still watchable. The effects and stuff were still cool. The production value was very high yeah. on this one. I feel like, you know, it had kind of everything there that you'd want still. It was okay. I'd say maybe... If I were to rate this to other Disney Channel movies, it'd be maybe like 5.5. For me, I feel like it wasn't horrible, but immediately after, if I hadn't taken notes for this, I wouldn't remember a thing. And even with the notes, I was having trouble. I'd give it a three. It was just very unmemorable. I didn't care. Like if he would have turned into a literal fish and just like, I wouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) But what other merman movies are there? There really aren't. I think it is a really original concept as far as mermaid movies go. I just feel like the execution wasn't all there. Uh, I personally would give it maybe like a four. Yeah, I think the issue was that they were doing, they had like too many subplots going on where they kind of tell you about the parents' business. They tell you about Sean, the other jock kid. There's the swimming career. There's Jess. There's Jess's dad. There's Sam, the girlfriend. Like they don't establish any one of them well enough to make you care like they should have focused on maybe two of those like 10 things and done those two things well and i think it could have been great well and they just did they only showed like kind of the gimmicky parts of him becoming a merman which is like oh i have something stuck to my hand oh i can have a little shock of electricity and it's only like the last it didn't really make sense in the last five minutes are when we see him like finally being able to swim in the water and yeah. 
So what do we got next week? Oh, Smart House. And can we do the thing where Lori predicts what it's about? Okay, I okay. believe that this is a child version of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes, pretty much. In a, in a much weirder, much more zany way than you could ever expect. I really loved Smart House. And I... I say this about all of them, but I feel like this one is one that will hold up. I'm super excited for it. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of We're Potting This Together. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at Smart House. If you have any questions, comments, or memories of your favorite Disney Channel original movies, you can find us on social media or email us at pottingthistogether at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe or leave a review.